We're parents, teachers, and educators. And like you, we're passionate about restoring our culture for Christ. This is Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Hello, uh, this is Marlon Detweiler uh, with Veritas Vox, the uh, voice of classical Christian education, our podcast. We are welcoming again, David Goodwin, the president of the Association of Classical and Christian Schools, known as ACCS. Uh, David joined us uh, recently uh, to give us a little bit of his personal background. And we talked a good bit about uh, the results of classical Christian education. There was a survey done mentioned uh, in that called Good Soil, a Comparative Review, which is available on the ACCS website. So we're going to move on from that into uh, some other areas. Uh, and maybe as a broad question for starters here, David, what other initiatives uh, is ACCS involved in? You mentioned a couple just in mentioning uh, with an acrostic and uh, maybe that's a good starting point. Maybe there are other things that you're pretty excited about right now that you're working on too. Yeah, well, we have two uh, general divisions within the ACCS. One is arcade, as I that was the acrostic you mentioned, uh, the certification accreditation, sort of building the infrastructural elements necessary to make uh, excellent classical Christian education somewhat normative around the, co- the country. As much as it is, I mean, one thing I do want to say with that, we are not materialists. We don't want to try and structure. Uh, some kind of defined and wooden understanding of classical education. There's a whole bunch of different schools within it. It's really a 2000 year old plus tradition. So there's a lot of different variants, but. I, I, if much you know. decide to, I'm happy to uh, lobby for Veritas's model being the one you adopt. Ah, yes. Well, we love Veritas's <laughs> model. Um, <laughs> Omnibus is a great system, but there's several others as well. And so we, we, um, we recognize that the the 2000 years of history is a lot of people who got involved in education and uh, various people follow various ones. And so we're kind of the the one who's saying, well, that that comports with classical philosophy or it does not. And that's kind of our, our big hat picture with the Cade initiative. The other side of our work is uh, member development and creation, creation and development. So new new members, we had a banner year last year. We had 104 new schools start in the ACCS. That's the biggest number we've ever had. That's incredible. Yeah, by a measure of about three acts. Um, And so where, as you know, for many, many years, Marlon, we, you know, you and I were out on the street corners trying to tell people how great classical education was. And, and it just took the events of the last couple of years for people to say, there's got to be an alternative to public <laughs> education. And now they're all at our door. And so everybody's trying to start schools. So we're very invested in helping schools get started, growing them up. So a school hits a couple of different milestones. You know, when they get to 150 students or so, they're kind of in a, in a critical area where they have to transition over into uh, an institutional kind of school. And that as opposed to like a small family type school. And so we're helping there at that transition point between 150 and 250. And then again, going from 250 into an accredited school. And they don't have to be uh, more, bigger than 250, but um, most often schools of 300 to 500 apply for accreditation. So we're trying to carry them through that whole process and help develop those schools. The thing that um, 
keeps me up at night is that that good soil study, essentially, if you do the math and figure that um, the people who responded uh, were from, uh, you know, 24 to 43, those are alumni of schools that you and I were involved in back in the 90s, right? right. Um, my, my nightmare scenario is we lose that, we lose that heritage. Um, we're, obviously, those schools were doing things right. Uh, thanks to the grace of our Lord. Um, but going forward, we've, we want to make sure that that can be said 20 yeah. years from now. Yeah, we talked in our last session about the biggest problem that schools have, mission drift, and it tends to come from the board uh, uh, most, most frequently. Uh, I hadn't thought about it, but the idea of ACCS allowing vision, vision drift in its own constituents and ranks Oh, would be equally as devastating, maybe even more so. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. those are our two two major areas of initiative. We have a third one, which is in the public arena, uh, presenting classical Christian education. Our objective is to, um, right now, when you looked at the Carter study, you know, that we talked about in the last session, I think it's a very good indicator. They didn't naturally land on classical Christian education as a category. They, they surveyed the other five categories, which involved, you know, like I said, homeschools, prep schools, Catholic schools, evangelical schools, public schools. We think we need to be one of those categories uh, on our own, not enveloped in other groups, but the classical Christian category to do that. We have to get a lot more people aware of what it is, how it works, and why it's important. And so that's been uh, the initiative we've been focusing on the last year or two. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, I look forward to hearing more about that because the more that we can help people understand and that it becomes household terminology, the more I believe it becomes an enthusiastically supported uh, philosophy of education. It was uh, life-changing for me back in 1992 when I read Recovering the Lost Tools of Learning. My response was, I got to have this for my kids. And uh, you probably responded similarly, yep. and that's why we were early stages um, people to be involved. Uh, today, we have a broader group of people, and not everybody comes in with that enthusiasm or from that perspective. And that doesn't make it any less important. Uh, and it's a natural uh, part of a growing organization. So I'm glad you're, you're really thinking uh, well about how to do that, for at least from how I see things. So I wanna, uh, this is kind of an exciting thing. I don't know much about it. So you might have to help me with questions here, but you and Pete Hegseth, uh, a young up and comer from Fox News, uh, have written a book together uh, that is coming out in the middle of June this year, 2022. Uh, the book is called Battle for the American Mind, Uprooting a Century of Miseducation. What is that book about and how did it come about? Well, that's, I, I suppose the latter question is the one that'll get us to the former. So, um, Pete was working on, he, he does a number of um, sort of man on the street interviews in cafes around the country as part of his role on Fox and Friends. 
I, and, I see those and I'm always wanting to see what they're having for breakfast because he picks some <laughs> really good places. He does. So he was at one, he was at one not far from one of our schools down in North Carolina, and a parent came up to him and said, Hey, if you really want a solution to this problem that we're facing, you should go talk to Dave Goodwin at ACCS. Um, and so eventually he made his way to me and we started talking. And I had written parts of a manuscript that I was planning someday to, to put out there, but hadn't really um, had the time. As you know, this job's pretty busy. <laughs> um, and he, I sent a couple of chapters to him because um, basically it's not a thesis you would expect. Uh, Fox News, you know, their viewership, patriotism, there's a lot of that in there. And one of the themes of the book is that actually patriotism in the school system was one of the sort of um, surrogates that they put in to replace Christianity back at the early part of the 20th century. And that it really didn't have as uh, strong of origins as maybe people think it, it does in terms of why it's valuable. So that was a provocative thought to Pete. So I sent him the chapter that defended that position and he was convinced and he um, uh, said, we got to tell this story. We got to get it out there. So he uh, championed it at Fox. We did a five-part documentary that I could never have, you know, obviously we in the business could never have afforded to do something uh, this high quality. It's uh, got a cast of amazing uh, people from Newt Gingrich to David, Victor Davis Hanson to oh, Michael Knowles and, you know, just a, a whole uh, good group of folks talking about classical Christian education ultimately. And um, so we wrote the Can you, you know, tell us the name of that documentary series so that we can uh, uh, know it. People can go find it. Yeah, it's called The Miseducation of America, and it's on Fox Nation, uh, which you can get a, a three month complimentary subscription to uh, with the password classroom. So that's the inside uh, scoop for you here. There's also a web page for it if you want to learn more about it, miseducationofamerica.org. Um, you can uh, go there and uh, and see more about the show. But it's only available on Fox Nation, uh, understandably, since they paid to produce it. But I've gotten a, a ton of good feedback. And the the thing about the, the documentary is it, it's five 30-minute segments. Um, they're dealing with a lot of interviews. So it's sort of what you might call inspired by the book, but it, it isn't really parallel with the book. It, uh, right. the book makes a lot of kind, it makes a lot of surprising claims that a lot of people aren't ready for. And then they see it and go, Oh, wow. I didn't know that's why this happened. Um, uh, in the documentary, there's a, a scene about the pledge of allegiance, for example, um, that will shock many people. Um, okay. And so I'll leave it at that. To, I'm it's teased. Easier to go out I'm and watch teased. It. I've yeah. had it on my list of things to do. I actually talked to Pete a couple of weeks ago and he uh, uh, mentioned it and I'd, I'd known about it from uh, the associate that introduced us. I haven't gotten around to it, but you got me motivated now. Yep. It's, it's, they took all of the juicy stuff from the, not all, but a few of the juicy things from the book. The book is really um, an interesting thing. I um, The story of the creation of the book, I was doing some research at one point on the concept of paideia, which um, isn't a household word. A lot of people don't know about it, and I won't go into it here. But uh, I ran across a book by a Columbia professor that had won a Pulitzer Prize uh, explaining the history of American education. The guy's name was Lawrence Kremen. And uh, he had a thesis that was pretty 
solidly defended in three volumes of several thousand pages. So um, I basically continued that research. He, he uh, the, the last book was published in the eighties. So it was a little older. So I continued it through, filled in around it, uh, took a Christian perspective of it. He was a secular historian and um, it, it's basic thesis was that the progressives set out around the turn of the century to, to um, uh, captivate the American paideia, to own the American paideia, which effectively shapes and directs the whole culture and the government. So that is um, a pretty interesting and provocative thesis. So HarperCollins picked it up with Pete as the primary author and me as the kind of behind the scenes guy pumping the information into it. So that's the, uh, that's the story in the book. It has about three parts. Um, it starts with a, what's called the 16,000 hour war, which uh, for those who may wonder where the number comes from, that's the number of hours most kids spend in school from K to 12. Interesting. Okay. Um, and uh, it deals with uh, cultural Marxism in the schools, which is a popular entry point for this kind of thing. It's become very, uh, very popular. The second part is called the unauthorized history of American education. And this is the, uh, the second part, part of the book second part of the book. Yeah. And so it, it goes deeply into what the progressives were doing and it, it's pretty shocking. Um, that's what got did that chap. These, the second section of this book is what caught Pete and got him riled up. And, and, uh, he's been talking about it quite a bit. He's got a lot of other people talking about it, um, all, all across Fox. So and the third is the solution as big as the problem. And that's where classical Christian education comes in. So it basically prescribes classical Christian education as the solution. And I, I suppose the overall theme of the book is we all think that the progressives, the common conservative thinks that the progressive move was to, uh, indoctrinate children in the schools. But that wasn't their purpose. Their purpose was to remove the single ingredient that could sustain a free thinking republic. And that's that's what we reveal in the book. Okay. Well, that is that is exciting. The book comes out June 14, 2022. And uh, I'm going to be unabashedly uh, commercial here, and you'll be able to buy it at Veritas Press. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. Of course, there are other smaller companies like Amazon that you can probably buy it at too, but you can buy it at yeah. Veritas Press if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, what in dream with me here for just a moment? What would make in your mind that book a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth? Seventh game of the World Series, success. Well, the reason I was passionate about getting it out there and, um, you know, it's been a long road was because I think if Americans, uh, I don't want to say conservative Americans, I think if just Americans, Christians realized what the story of education has been for the last 120 years. I mean, uh, one of the things that I often uh think back upon was uh, when I left Hewlett Packard, a lot of my peers were perplexed as to why I would go into education. It seemed like so, sort of a, that's nice, Dave, but you know, <laughs> there's bigger things in this world than, than, you know, third graders and how, how they learn to read. And what you come to realize is really there aren't. Um, there's a reason why um, the progressives spent so much time and energy getting 
uh, control of the American uh, education system K through 12. Um, of course they've got the collegiate side, but that wasn't their target in 1914 when they started the, uh, and let me say something, just interjecting there for a moment. My observation is clear. It's with significant examples. If you're interested in working at a collegiate level, God bless you. But if you're dealing with kids who came up in a system that was broken, it is simply stated too late. Yeah. That I, I, I don't know how to say that any more plainly, but kids who don't have the foundation aren't going to get it in college. They, if they don't have, if they haven't developed uh, the thinking skills they can, but they're generally not taught there. It's simply too late uh, if you if a kid's beyond high school um, to try and turn things into a robust Christian worldview uh, with all of the content and depth that comes out of a robust classical Christian education. Yeah, and it's been that way longer than we know. I mean, I mean, the the central theme you see, especially in this book, is that K twelve was their target, and the reason was they already held the colleges. I mean, the colleges went liberal early in the twentieth century, so the problem they had was that they didn't control, and the, their word was the plasticity of the child, meaning that they would arrive at college and they could think well enough that a college professor couldn't tell them something Marxist and get them to believe it. And then slowly over the 20th century, they gutted the American paideia, uh, the, the Christian paideia, which was the source of this free thinking uh, citizenry, to the point where colleges could start shaping kids. And you see this in the 1960s, where the radicalization of students in the 1960s was largely on college campuses. And it was because they weren't inoculated with this vaccine, so to speak, of the Christian paideia in K4, in K-12 anymore. So as they've are now at a point where all the colleges want to do is get fresh meat. They, they refer to it that way. They love getting fresh meat kids. They can shape because the plasticity is entirely in their hands now because the kids are not trained in the, you know, the they're trained in progressive um, ideals. So the, the magnitude of what we're dealing with here. So you asked the, a very good question. What would be my hope? My prayer for the book is that it would just, reset um, the conversation. One of the things that we say in the, in the documentary is a hundred years ago, the progressives knew that education was the key to the control of this country in the future. And if we don't take the same posture on the good side uh, for the Christian side, now we're never going to recover it. There's no amount of politics. There's no amount of, um, you know, there, there's just no re- remedy outside of training children up in the way that they should go uh, if we want to change the direction and the tact of this country. That's really well put. The book is called Battle for the American Mind, Un- Uprooting a Century of Miseducation. Uh, Pete Hegseth and David Goodwin as the authors coming out, I believe, June 14, 2022. We look forward to it. I hope it meets the success that you hope for, for 
not only uh, your benefit, but for the benefit of our culture, which desperately needs it. Thank you. Changing Thank topics you, here for a moment, um, we're going to uh, a new topic. Um, what's your advice for someone interested in starting the school? Well, come to classicalchristian.org uh, and go into the membership startup area. We have a kit you can get that uh, will pretty much get you started on the right path. Uh, it comes with a box full of books and um, materials and how tos, and I think you're even in there as an author once or twice uh, in <laughs> some of the some of the um, particular handbooks. But um, it also would give you membership to our vast database of uh, everything from 800 conference talks to which is daunting. We've sorted them and picked out the best of them, so you don't have to listen to all of them. But nonetheless. Um, We've got hundreds of documents. Uh, major schools have given us their core curriculum paths uh, and all the kind of you can just look. I mean, Marlon, back in, when you and I were doing this, there was only one school in the country people were borrowing stuff from. Right. It was Logos in North yeah. Idaho. Now we've got dozens of schools helping and we've got uh, formulated documents that can help you do it. So that's that's one thing, you know, just in terms of what the ACCS can help with. I think the bigger, the bigger thing, if you want to start a classical Christian school, there's two things. You got to bathe it in prayer and you, because you got to start praying early on and pray a lot. And that's first, because second is one of the things you need to pray for is for God to send like-minded folks to join with you. You need probably three to seven families that are uh, really committed to this. And you then spend some time, reading through the books, understanding the method, understanding the principles and the ideas, and then start heading down the path. We call it the T minus 24 program at ACCS, just 24 months before you start, you start through this process. So T minus 24, but we have a little timeline on there that'll help you go through. Boy, 24 months sounds like a luxury. Uh, in 1992, in fact, I can tell you, uh, we had something happen with our oldest son's our two oldest sons at a school, and it caused me to ask some questions. I uh, uh, called up uh, a golf buddy and friend, a name that uh, you know, and many of the people listening will know, R.C. Sproul. And I said, help me think through this. And he, in his uh, uh, way, uh, first said, well, if you think you're going to get a good education for your kids, and at that time we lived in Florida, in Florida, uh, forget about it. The thing you need to hope for is getting them the least bad education you can. I knew he was baiting me and I was waiting for the next step. And then he says, I have a book that you need to read. It was Recovering the Lost Tools of Learning, which is a book that I still think is the seminal work for uh, getting people uh, motivated and even on the same page. And so we met on May 26, 1992, uh, to discuss whether or not to start a school. That took about 10 minutes. There were four couples there and the rest of the night was uh, planning the school because it only took us 10 minutes to decide we were going to do it. Um, we had a lot of help from a lot of people uh, and uh, opened the school exactly three months later in August of 20, August 26, 1992, with, I believe, 37 or 38 students. Uh, yep. It was a very busy summer, uh, and uh, I don't recommend it uh, unless you have a name like R.C. Sproul to handle speaking at your parent nights. That helped a lot. <laughs> Yes. Well, <clears throat> uh, one of the things back then is we often, you know, 
maybe we didn't get fully incorporated or get our 501c3 status before we actually opened the doors of the school. So we kind of recommend that it works the other <laughs> way. You kind of got to get the paperwork in yeah, order. Yeah, getting things in order. That's but right. you can definitely crash the schedule. I mean, you don't have to take 24 months. It can be done in 12. It can be done in six. Uh, the school I was associated with, the Ambrose School in Boise, we, I think, uh, decided uh, go, no, go in May. And we were online with three, count them, three whole students by uh, the first day in wow. September. So it, you can do it any number of ways. And of course, now that school's got well over 600 students. That's great. Uh, That's great. Well, let me ask you one uh, last question here, and then I'll let you go. Uh, ACCS, the Association of Classical and Christian Schools, obviously serves schools. Uh, Veritas serves both schools and homeschools. So I expect a lot of people that are listening uh, to you uh, today are uh, from the homeschool community. What can the homeschool community uh, glean from or learn from ACCS? Well, <clears throat> we're fundamentally uh, a schools organization, but that is a pretty loose term. It can extend down quite a way. So where we choose to define the lower boundary is where you have some kind of a program, whether it's a co consortium of parents in a pod school or a uh full kind of like a shared instructional model where your kids go to school a couple of days co-op maybe co-ops the the one delineation for us to serve fully a school is that they have to have a diploma and a program so uh home homeschool co-ops that don't have a prescribed course of study or a diploma at the end of it don't qualify for membership but all the others do and so we have a lot of members in those categories and we can help members a lot because our database is uh, we've spent uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars building this thing. It's pretty, pretty established. I used to be in the tech industry. So this is an area I knew how to do, um, may not know how to teach third grade, but I can do a computer, <laughs> uh, work with a computer. So, um, the uh, that's one thing. And the other is the, our, our open websites, both at classicalchristian.com or I'm sorry, classicalchristian.org and um, and classicaldifference.org uh, and classicaldifference.com. They um, have lots of information that can be helpful to homeschoolers. So if you want to look at that and one of the things that we have are affiliates. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Veritas is an affiliate. And uh, so homeschoolers can kind of get a traffic direction there as to every potential uh, supplier of curriculum and, um, you know, just sort of the basics of classical Christian education. There's a long form document on what is classical Christian education. There's some resources you can buy. You can buy the good soil study if you want. Yeah. There, Very good. So. Very good. Well, I have, uh, uh, enjoyed uh, our time over these two sessions. You've been very helpful. Uh, the work that you're doing uh, remains as important today as it was when ACCS started more than 25 years ago. Uh, and all I can say is uh, keep up the great work and let's keep uh, uh, praying and seeing if we can't see uh, uh, our culture redeemed for Christ. Uh, it is uh, in desperate need and uh, more people see it today than did a couple decades ago. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you, Marlon. All right. Take care.